discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing, I'm He Yang. Good to have you for this ride. A recent survey found that something as simple as saying hello to neighbors boosts well-being. Researchers arrived at the conclusion that casual social ties make us happier. We unravel the impact of weak social ties on our well-being on today's show. For this discussion, I'm joined by Xinyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Okay, it's none of my business, but do you say hello to your neighbors, or <laughs> or do you avoid eye contact at any cost? A recent U.S. survey suggests that extending a friendly hello to your neighbors can play a significant role in enhancing your well-being. So, Xingyu, what does the survey say exactly, and what are the implications of it? Well,、um, according to a recent survey released by Gallup,、um, it's an American analytics and advisory company.、Um, it says that adults in the U.S. who regularly say hello to multiple people in their neighborhood have higher well-being than those who greet to fewer or no neighbors. So, on a scale of zero to a hundred, the respondents' well-being score increases steadily by the number of neighbors greeted. Um, so, if you say hello to zero neighbor,、um, then your score、um, is at fifty one point. And for those who greet six neighbors, the point rises to sixty four point. So, what's interesting is that the finding、um, also shows when the number of greetings goes beyond six, and there are no greater benefits. So, keep your greetings at six maximum. Other than that, it's a waste of energy, I guess. <laughs>、um, also,、um, the result divides the well-being into five elements,、um, including your career, social, financial, physical, and community well-being. And the results show that all these five elements of well-being correspond with greeting neighbors. So it's it's not hard to comprehend that、um, neighborly interactions. Can foster stronger social and community well-being in people's life. But what about career and financial well-beings? So <laughs> it's it's kind of correlated in a way that if you're in a good financial condition, you are more likely to live in a safer, better community, and you are more likely to feel safe surrounding those neighbors, and thus increasing the chances of openly greeting neighbors. So that's kind of an、um, interesting finding. That is very、mm. interesting indeed, and let's throw this、uh, this one to Josh. Perhaps unsurprising, this is a survey from the U.S. Well, those Americans, huh?、Um, so, Josh, you're from the UK.、Oh. <laughs> I'm asking you to extrapolate a little bit. Do you think similar findings would occur in your country? And by saying "howdy," oh, I, I mean, okay, more like. Good day, sir.、Um, <laughs> can improve one's well-being or the sense of happiness. What do you think, Josh?、Yeah. Oh, I think so. I don't think that this is specific to any sort of society or culture. To be honest, I、mm. think that this is a very natural thing. I think this is on a very human, almost primitive level, something that we all need in order to be happy. We all need in order to. To be ourselves, we all need to be human, and that is ultimately community. I think that for 
centuries really and even in recent times sociologists have debated what the real meaning of community is or what a healthy community is what it's comprised of how many people it is and what should be happening but i think we know that communication is central to that real communication and i think that when we're talking about saying hello to our neighbors i think really what we're talking about here is actually community and trust if you mm -hmm. are in a position where you can say hello to your neighbor it's not really just the notion of saying hello right because this is what's slightly different different cultures and societies might say hello in their own way right they may yeah. not even say hi they, it may be in gift giving or some sort of gesture or whatever but if you say hello to your neighbor what it probably means is that you live in an area literally your house is in proximity to people that you trust to some degree mm -hmm. and i think that many people do not have this uh, i think especially if you live in a big city i think that the bigger city you live in it's been shown the less likely you are to say hello to your neighbors and that can have very detrimental effects on your mental health and i assume your quality of living and your economic status and everything else after that. Yeah. And also another interesting finding is that greeting neighbors is more common among older adults. So um, for young adults, especially for those who are under 30, they say hello to an average of like say three neighbors compared with those aged 65 or older, they greet um, over six neighbors. So the possible reason behind this can be the urbanicity. Um, for younger adults, they are more likely to live in urban areas in high rise apartment. Um, whereas older adults, especially for those who are retired, they're more likely to live in rural areas or small or medium sized towns. So they have um, more chances of having neighbors to greet. And while I was reading the study results, I also reflected on myself. I looked back at the past six or seven years living in Beijing and I tried to find out why I didn't greet neighbors. <laughs> Um, for one thing, I think I, as an introverted person, it's, it's awkward to say hello to people I don't know. But for another, I just find that I move a lot. Um, mm. I rent an apartment. I almost move once a year. So the amount of time living in the same neighborhood is very limited. And the frequency of moving somehow influenced how I um, view neighborly relations. It comes to the question, is it really necessary to invest in neighborly relations since you're, you're not going to spend the next few years in the same neighborhood? That's the case for me. But for my parents' generation, I think it came more natural for them to strike up conversations with strangers and neighbors and even vendors of the nearby markets because they have frequent encounters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be around. Yeah. And you know this is going to be a relationship that will last. Yes. And actually, this kind of thing still exists in modern societies and megacities in China. Yeah. Um, Okay, let me offer you like <laughs> another side of the story, you know. Okay. okay, so in my neighborhood compound, um, we've been living there for, I'm trying to do the math here, <laughs> at least time. 25 years. Wow. So myself and my mom and dad, we know, let's say, the lady who, who uh, manages the front desk mm. of our building really well. And we have a couple of neighbors in different floors of our complex who we would definitely greet and might even chat. Mm. And 
Okay, my mom does more of the chatting, I have to say, and、uh, and she reports back that、uh, the front desk lady, as well as the couple of neighbors who are who we're close to, okay, they know everything about the building,、mm. and they know who are the renters, who are the、um, the owners who will be around for a long time, and、um, and there is this connection between neighbors, and I think you both raise a、mm. wonderful point that is. Maybe this is not so calculated, but it does matter、yeah. whether you are gonna be here for a long time or not, and、mm. uh, and subconsciously maybe that's how we think about how much emotion we want to invest、mm. in these relationships. But may I just raise the point that ever since COVID, though, I think the it、right. has it, it could have changed our relationship with our、Indeed. neighbors or、mm-hmm. our perception towards our neighbors. Because I've read so many stories on social media of young people or people of different age groups previously not batting an eye towards a neighbor, but ever since COVID,、oh. ever since your neighbor became your lifeline in many cases. It kind of fostered a stronger sense of community, as well as you know this reliance on the folks who live around you、mm-hmm. in the neighboring apartment, and、um, and in a way, I think that's one of the the positive products that came from the experience, because we are not only social beings. Born this way, but also to survive in society, you don't know when something swoops you up, or you know, just sometimes it feels like you know, or or you're like encaved by it, and and you need people around you、mm. to help you、yeah. and help each other out. That's why we have a similar saying in Chinese: 远亲不如近邻，远水救不了近火 Okay, so your neighbor is. Better than a distant relative. Far away, water resources can't can't stop the fire in your apartment right now. So <laughs> that's my crude translation. So neighbors matter. <laughs> okay. And Josh, why do you think greeting your neighbors might serve as a gateway to multiple well-being benefits? Well, I think that. Really is one of the best way to establish a relationship with somebody. I know that seems so obvious, but obviously saying <laughs> hello is the first thing we do when we meet somebody for the first time. And sometimes that may seem very simple, but it's actually quite a big statement. You know, saying hello to people, or it can be for many people. It depends where you are in the world. I mean, when I went back to my hometown in the UK recently. I was so shocked that every day, every single person I walked past, especially in the morning, would say hello to me. Wow! And I, it was so weird for me.、Um, after being in not going home for about three years, it was just so odd, and it was really nice. Actually, I think this is good for most people. I know that many people simply want to be left alone, which is totally fine. I, I get that as well.、Um, I think that it also enhances, though. Safety and security, and I think that that, on a psychological level, is very positive and healthy to feel secure, to feel like you know somebody at least to some degree, especially if they live next to you, right?、Um, and I, I think as well, it can be a very practical, secure thing. If you start to have a conversation with somebody, if something goes wrong in your apartment, 
if you need somebody to, I don't know, maybe even go into your apartment at some point mm. when you're away, mm. check on your plants, your cat, or, you know, God, God forbid something <laughs> even, yeah, 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 something even worse happens, right? Yeah, and this reminds me of a discussion we had in the office. Um, as you know, a couple of our dear friends who regularly appear on Roundtable have recently <laughs> become parents in recent uh. years and uh, one of them raised the point that the baby or you know this little kid that's growing up um, becomes the perfect conversation opener uh. yeah and uh and it's really funny like you walk your dog and in chinese sometimes we say you walk your baby as well um so once the parents are doing that in the neighborhood and then immediately you know the baby so cute adorable attracts attention and then you start a conversation and mm. then especially among other parents who have kids and then it's really quickly for them to bond apparently yeah. and uh and also possibly to offer okay let's kid pool or something and uh one of the parents could be watching babysitting a few kids or or something like that if you live in the same neighborhood and that sounds like a pretty effective and safe mechanism for <laughs> um babysitting and things and uh yeah so sometimes our social relationships are driven by needs mm. um and it works that way yeah yeah um, I also want to say that what Just just said reminded me of, uh, is this a culture thing? Because back in the UK, um, I also noticed that whenever I was on a bus, um, passengers would say thank you to the driver when they get off. Yeah. And it's not... I do that too in China. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. And... Um, when I am back, I, I rarely see the case where people say thank you. And I, I've been thinking about why. And, and this morning, mm. I just realized the reason, you know, because for buses in Beijing, especially we have two doors and we get on, on the front door. And then when we get off, we go to the back door to get off, you know, so yeah. there's not a chance to say to the bus driver, thank you or Unless you yell at the bus driver, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I just so, got too excited. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of um, also interesting. You raise such a good point. And also, this is why I think everybody should go out, travel, leave your home country, at least for a little bit, if you have the means to do mm. so. And you'll pick up things from around the world. And, uh, and eventually, I think it benefits you. Because I think one thing I love about English or just this English culture, mm. is that there's so much pleasantry that is still existing in the current language that we use today. I think in Chinese, we did in ancient days. There's like pages of um, flowery pleasantry for people. <laughs> Maybe that was a little bit too much. But anyhow, I think it's so important to say please yeah. and thank you. Yeah. And I remember it was... I was being critiqued back then when I first went to the UK and mm. uh, and, and somebody was like, hey, you don't say it enough and it, you sound awfully rude. And then I thought, yeah, like it's it's interesting because the, the language reflects the mind and the uh, etiquette of a culture. And I think saying thank you and uh, these pleasantries, I think is, is, is awfully important. But back to social ties yeah. and about, you know, this relationship, if I may call it a relationship between you and your neighbor, apparently is categorized as weak social ties because we have these strong social ties in comparison, which refers to, you know, your relationship with your parents, kids or immediate family as such. So weak social ties can be very important too. Um, what's the 
research behind that? Well, there actually is a theory called weak tie theory. Um, it refers to the proposition that acquaintances are likely to be more influential than your close friends, particularly in social networks. So this was um, first introduced by a Stanford sociologist, Mark Granovetter, in his 1973 paper. So he argued that while strong ties are indeed important for our emotional support, weak ties are more valuable in terms of providing access to new information and opportunities. For individuals, strong ties, they are typically um, composed of people you are so familiar with them uh, in terms of values and interests. And for those um, who are less like us, um, especially in the case of weak ties, we are more likely to be exposed to the sources of diverse and novel information, which can be especially valuable for us to to find a new job or pursue new opportunities. I think that there is something a little bit cold about meeting people for the first time. We often tend to introduce ourselves, for example, one of the first things, what do we do when we introduce ourselves or introduce others in a formal setting? Often people ask about your work, right? We like to define ourselves by our jobs. I don't know if we like to, but as humans, we often do it. And I guess that with an acquaintance, that's not always a bad thing, especially as you say, if, if you're looking for a job or maybe some sort of economic opportunity provides itself to you through that interaction. I guess it's just networking to some degree isn't it mm. yeah and also it could become an important or useful emotional outlet i sometimes wonder what the bartender uh, <laughs> knows about his customers especially the regulars you know because you know when you go to your local watering hole and uh or you know maybe it could be a restaurant or whatever you become a frequent or maybe just a an occasional uh customer and and sometimes we feel like our secrets are safer with strangers mm. or or just with somebody we have really loose slash weak social ties <laughs> and then it's like you're 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 comfortable enough to let it out and not have any consequences mm. and and that kind of feels good yeah <laughs> but today technology that furthers the demise of live human conversation is everywhere you look. We have chatbots answering customer service questions, text messaging, replacing talking, and interactive voice responses or IVRs answering questions and processing requests all without the need of humans. And you've got a whole would you say generation? Or at least you've got a whole bunch of members of the Gen Z who proudly proclaim that they have some kind of social phobia in mm -hmm. dealing with people in real life. Yeah. Um, so this is the world where we live in. And do you think that having these social ties, even the weak ones, may have become a precious thing? Or is it a valuable thing that might be a little bit harder to come by these days? This is a difficult question, which we've discussed before. <laughs> and there's so many ways you can approach this. And there's so many specific different social contexts that you can talk about that differ. And we've also discussed about whether technology and social media has aided us, has facilitated us in finding, for example, romance or friends, mm. etc. We've talked about gaming on this show quite a lot and about how you can have very close friends in online gaming communities that you 
wouldn't other be able to have if it wasn't for online gaming and stuff. But when it comes to whether or not more or less people are actually saying hello to each other and having socializations in this kind of context actually sounds coming out of your mouth for the first time. I think that we are becoming more isolated, to be honest. And mm. I, I think that we are missing something a little bit. I honestly don't know. I can't say from personal experiences because I was brought up in a very small town where, as I mentioned, I was there reasonably recently and everybody was saying hello to me. But I must say, this is not a British thing. I would like to remove this stereotype a little bit because in London, where I spent all of my adult life in England, at least, I did not say hello to people in the morning. I did not know my neighbors. In fact, I looked at the floor most of the time, like most people did. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I don't know if things have changed. I don't know if things have got better or worse, but I feel like it has got worse, to be honest. Mm. I think especially for today's young Chinese, they consider themselves as 社恐 or um, in English um, directly translated as social phobia. But I think it refers to some kind of anxiety people face when they have to talk to strangers or go to some social um, events. For those who have this kind of um, anxiety, I think including me, um, especially for, for those introverted people, um, you're not the only one who faced this common situation. People struggle with this kind of fears caused by social situations like um, meeting new people, talking to strangers. Um, for me, I think my job to some extent requires me to speak to a complete stranger or people you haven't um, met before. And it, it is a challenge and it's not comfortable at all. But once you take the very first step, you go talk to them. Um, you'll find that every conversation you had has a meaningful impact on you. When you make eye contact with a complete stranger and uh, when you listen to what they say, whether it's about their life or their work, um, information is one thing, but more importantly, the sense of social connectedness really matters. Also, a research shows that weak social ties are just as important as strong ones for your greater life satisfaction. And the more diverse your social portfolio is, the happier you are and the higher your well-being is. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I always have a question, though, when mm. some people say, uh, especially younger folks say, oh, I have this so-called social phobia of yeah. speaking to people. You know, as you become older, I think a life lesson you learn is that your generation is unique because, mm. in fact, a lot of the things... It's kind of the same, but I'm sure like every generation are entitled to like certain uh, characteristics or, or whatnot. But what I'm wondering is, is it really sort of like clinical diagnosed phobia we're talking no, about? No, no, no. It's or, just... or is it like maybe you feel like you are self-sufficient? Mm -hmm. You don't need people around you to help you out. And maybe it's because that um, young people grow up in the digital age yeah. and so much can be done using your smartphone, on the internet, etc. And therefore, the muscles of communication in person simply have not been exercised that much. And 
multiple other factors contribute to this sense of uneasiness mm. that you have to all of a sudden without rehearsal deal with a living human being or an environment filled with them and how do you position yourself in it yeah okay that's <laughs> <laughs> that's um i think that's a good point i i think nowadays people are getting more isolated than uh, the previous generations and part of the reasons is the digital era that we are in okay i think these days we expect more from technology and less from each other in a way in real life we create technology to provide the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship and that is so wrong we're losing social skills the human interaction skills how to read a person's mood to read a person's body language how to be patient until the moment is right to make or press a point so i think it's refreshing to bring the human interaction back in the discussion and well i'm a firm believer in hugs so call me old-fashioned or whatever we can bring so much healthy energy into our daily lives by smiling more talking to strangers in line replacing handshakes with hugs and calling our friends family and loved ones yes i said calling just to tell them that we love them Thank you so much, Josh Cotterell and Xingyu, for joining the discussion. I'm He Young. 